Welcome to a powerful message from the Lighthouse Chapel International, Bronx North Branch. Lighthouse Chapel International branches worldwide provide every member the training, support, and encouragement to fulfill the Great Commission and to go to heaven and hear Jesus say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. Increase. Yes, we thank you tonight for no limits Amen. and no boundaries. Amen. Thank you that the boundaries on our lives are lifted off tonight Amen. in the name of Jesus. Amen. We see increase all around us. We see increase in this church. We see increase in members. We see increase in the number of souls. We see increase in branches. We see increase all around us. We see increase in our finances. We see increase in the number of marriages. We see increase in the number of children. We see increase, oh God, in our health. We see increase in blessings. We see increase in prosperity. We see increase in the knowledge of God. We see increase in spirituality. We see increase all around us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We pray tonight that the Holy Spirit will be with us. That you will help us and visit us again. In Jesus' name. And everybody says amen. Amen. Wow. Amen. All right. You may be seated. You may be seated. I'm going to share with you for a few minutes. Amen. Amen. And then we will close. Hallelujah. But I will be back. Yeah. I'm going to come back. Just, just find, find a new place. And we'll be back. Amen. And we're going, we're going to have a small camp. Yeah. I think, I think, yeah. Yeah. I think that's what we should do. What do you think? Good idea. Is it powerful? Is it amazing? Is it fantastic? All right. So expect it. Hallelujah. God will give us grace to do that. Amen. Wow. What a blessing. Okay, so be seated. You know, just a verse I've been thinking about today is from Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 22. You know, I was listening to Wisdom 10. (laughs) 
and I started to think far. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's too powerful. Listen, you guys, you guys, you, you really have to um, wake up to the reality that you're in a good thing, that, that God, God has greatly favored you. I mean, as an individual, do, do you understand? Because of the things you're privileged to hear. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Look, not everybody is hearing the word of God the way we are hearing it. Do you understand? Yes. And, and it, the, the enemy doesn't like it. The devil doesn't like it. Because there's so much wisdom, so much of the word of God being poured into us every day. Do you understand? And our lives are being shaped up by the word of God. And the enemy is mad at it. He doesn't like it. So anything he can do to shift you from the source. You know, people are, the other day I was listening to someone preach. I, I just happened to be, I was looking for something on YouTube. And I think one of the words I typed you know, resonated with something the man had said. So his name came up. So when I saw him, I said, oh, let me just see this guy. What is he saying? And the man started to preach. And he said that, he said, what I'm about to tell you, you will not hear it anywhere. Because it's not even in the Bible. Yeah. Then, you know, <laughs> then he started to preach. and he, Well, he started to say some very myst mystical things. And he was, say, he was saying that because he said, he said, it's not in the Bible because, it's not in the Bible because spiritual things are not taught. They are caught. <laughs> you see, and so, and so what, what he's saying is, is so spiritual that it's even beyond the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> you get it it's like even the bible can't handle it <laughs> yes. that's, that's what some people have do you understand that's, that's what some people have and so I, I want you to greatly cherish what God has given us amen greatly cherish what God has given us the pastor he has given us, our bishop, our founder, to greatly cherish him and to, yeah, and to love the teachings that God has given us through him. Amen. Amen. The books, every one of you must own a set of the Macarius. Yes, you must have it. Plenty books. Look, the minimum, minimum benefits that you will get from the Macarius, even if you get it and you didn't read it, if somebody comes to visit you and you, they see that you have so many books, you see, you, uh, uh, already you, you look learned. 
you get it. But what is the use of getting books and just displaying them and not reading them? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you are just like someone who cannot read. Because <laughs> yeah. both of you don't know what is in the book. Right? So I want you, and when you read a book and you don't even understand it, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Books, books, books teach over a lifetime. You see? Yeah, and when you read a book and you don't understand it, you just read it another time. You see, and sometimes, what, sometimes you move into a new season of your life where the things going on around you make you understand what you're just reading. You understand? Yeah. 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 So everybody must get a Macarius. 100% every member of the Bronx Church must have a Macarius. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. And it's going to be a blessing to your life. Amen. Yeah. Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 22 the Bible says, the blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich, and he addeth no sorrow with it. Hallelujah. The blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich, and he addeth no sorrow with it. Hallelujah. So right from this verse, you can see that two things that the blessing of the Lord will do for you is that it will make you rich. Yes. Number two is that you escape sorrow. Yes. Amen. 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 You escape sorrow. A lot of the things that make you sad. Is that Cindy? Wow. You're almost a woman. <laughs> it's amazing. Amen. The things that make us sad, a lot of the things that make us miserable, miserable. Who has felt miserable before? Yeah. Miserable is when you can't lie on the bed and when you can't lie on the floor. <laughs> That's miserable. Miserable is when he comes, he makes you cry. When he goes, you are also crying. That's, that's miserable. <laughs> Do you understand? But I'm saying to you that the blessing of the Lord, it takes away misery. It takes away misery. Yeah. He addeth no sorrow to it. The blessing of the Lord. It maketh rich. Hallelujah. Amen. You remember how Bishop was teaching us and he said, everybody do this to your hand. Then he said, at the base of all kinds of prosperity or every kind of prosperity. Do this, everybody do it, do it, yeah. At the base, at the bottom, like right under, undergirding every kind of prosperity or increase or progress or advancement 
or elevation or promotion is the blessing of the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. It is the blessing of the Lord. It is the blessing of the Lord. And so when you look in the Bible, in the Bible, people understood blessing. They even fought for it. Yeah. See this guy called Jacob and his brother Esau. Do you know what they were just fighting over? The blessing. Blessing. Yeah. Jacob knew it. He knew that if my father blesses me, that's it. It will make a difference. It will make it. If I can be blessed, it will make a difference. You know, it must mean something for someone to go through the trouble that Jacob went through to look like Esau. Wow. <laughs> Jacob was not naturally hairy. Mm. You see what? He didn't have a lot of hair. <laughs> but Esau was one of those people with a lot of hair. <laughs> And, and Esau had hair on. Can you imagine that Jacob goes to get a goat? Do you see? <laughs> yeah. And then cuts the hair of the goat. Then he goes to Staples to get super glue. <laughs> Look. If you, if you see if you see someone has gone to Staples to go and buy super glue, do you see? To put on his skin and to stick the hair on his skin so that he can look like his brother to his blind father. For what? So that the father will just lay him. Then that blessing, Jacob knew something about blessing he knew something about blessing that Esau probably underestimated. Yeah? And so you see, when the blessing came upon Jacob, when a blessing comes upon someone, the blessing, see, yesterday I was telling you that it's not that people don't have curses. Do you understand? If you camp around your curses and the setbacks in your life. You're wasting your time and wasting your energy. Rather, direct your energy in spite of the curses, in spite of the setbacks, in spite of the things you're not proud of in your life. Because everybody has them. Everybody has shameful things that we don't like to talk about. Yes, everybody has them. Everybody has shameful chapters of their lives. Yes. Do you understand? Instead of building your life around the shame, do you understand? Why don't you leave them for a moment and start concentrating on the things that bring blessing? Jacob, he was a swindler. I mean, someone who can do such things. <laughs> yeah. You say you know people who can make moves. Yeah. 
See the people today, today there are people who do all kinds of things. They make fake currency, they make fake passports, they this, they for one night. None of them could be compared with Jacob. Yeah. Original what? Original? What is papa? What is papa? Moose. Moose. Movements for survivor. Uh, <laughs> Jacob was the original, original person who can make moves like that. You see, yeah. But when the blessing came upon him, you see, even all those things that he had done in his past, none of those things could change anything about him. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yeah. Even he went to get a job with, <laughs> with his uncle. <laughs> he got a job with his uncle. Then he, he was trying to get a wife. Uncle had two. <laughs> uncle had two. <laughs> uh, Two hot dogs. And uncle tried to trick him. Yeah. Uncle, uncle, uncle Laban, he, he tried to trick um, 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 Jacob. But still, in the end, Jacob became the wealthier one. Now, when Jacob was leaving, can you imagine having a job where you're leaving and then the boss calls you to his office? And he says, I beg you, <laughs> don't leave. Because I have seen that God has blessed me because of you. Yeah. yeah. That will be your story in the name of Jesus. No, you should believe it. Because the prophecy you believe is the prophecy that will happen practically in your life. That's right. The prophecy you just, you just, stare, you just stare at is the prophecy that will just be staring at you. <laughs> no, you should believe it. That the blessing of God upon your life will make such a difference. Amen. Yes. So don't fight for money. No. Don't fight for money. Yeah. Look for the blessing of God. Amen. Find out the things in the Bible that God has attached a blessing to. And then do them. Are you getting what I'm saying? Because every time you do them, every act you perform in the, that direction increases the number of blessings that come upon your life. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Yeah. One of the things that brings blessing is paying your tithe. Yeah. Malachi, Malachi chapter 3 uh -huh. and verse 11. Malachi chapter 3 and verse 11. 
Oh, no, verse 10 first. Verse 10. Bring all the tithe into the storehouse, that there may be meat in my house. And prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you, if I will not open you, the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. So, listen, listen, listen. Every single time that you pay a tithe, right? Tithe goes, a blessing comes. Do you understand? Every single time, every single time you pay your tithe. He says, prove me if I will not open you. I will not open you. So you see, there are some things that don't happen to everybody. Do you understand that? Yes. Sometimes we compare ourselves to people and we say that, you know, how, how come, how come, you know, this, this and that and is, are happening to you and it doesn't happen to me. Yeah, because, you know, it's not being opened unto everyone. <laughs> it's, it's not the windows. There are windows, yeah, but they are not being opened to everyone. You get it? But he said, I will open you. Amen. I will open me. you. Me. Yes. Me. Have you been somewhere before, let's say a workplace or something, and they have a door, they say employees only? Yeah? Yeah? Authorized entry or something like that. No, right? Then you'll be standing at the door. And while you're standing at the door, somebody just comes. He is wearing a uniform or has some badge of some sort or something like that, you see. And that person, that person just comes to the door. And then either knocks on the door in some way or has a badge that touch something. Yeah. And then they open the door to him. And you are standing behind the door. You also want something from that same room. It happened to me recently when I went to the post office to pick up a package. They had left a package at my uh, uh, doorstep. No, no, a, a slip. Yes. So I took it to the post office and I was waiting. I was just waiting and waiting. Then somebody just comes and then he makes a tap on the door. Pop, pop. Then somebody just comes from the back and opens the door and takes the person in. And I'm standing there. Yeah. It's not about who came first. No, it's not about who came first. Look, you will find out soon in life that it's not first come no, 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 no. No. It's not always like that. You're going to find out that sometimes some people who came later, even younger people, yes, younger people, newer people, and you see that they have what you have lived all your life trying to get. Yeah. Because it's not about, it's not about who came first. It's about who qualifies. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Yes. And so you need to get it. It says, I will pour you out a blessing. I will pour you out a blessing. Yeah. I will pour you out a blessing. I will open you the windows. He says, I will open you the windows of heaven. And I will pour you out a blessing. A blessing. That means one. One blessing. Something that will be a blessing to your life. Do you understand? Yes. And so, 
Every time you pay your tithe, plus one blessing. Every time you pay your tithe, plus one blessing. Every time you pay your tithe, plus one blessing. That's how it is. And you see that if you accumulate enough of them, you see, you count blessing, 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 blessing. You see that your curses, they come. Curse, 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 curse. Finished. You see what I'm saying, yeah? And when you subtract, you subtract it. You, see, you remove all the, for every curse, one to one, one to one, one to one, one to one. Now you see that the curses are finished. The blessings are continuing. That's it. That is what it is. So you need to do things that bring blessing. And avoid things that bring curses. Do you understand? You need to avoid things that bring curses. Because one of the things about curses, in fact, both blessings and curses, is that you find out that you inherit some. You see, you inherit some of them. You inherit, you know, especially when it comes to curses. Very easy to inherit a lot of them. If your parents are not saved, you are likely to arrive with a deficit. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Some of us, we are, parent, we are children of parents who are, were some way. Didn't know God. Thieves connection people, you know, all sorts of, <laughs> do you see what I'm saying, yeah, and then you arrive in life, so when you arrive, you start in the minus, here, do you understand, but the blessing of God is going to lift you from the back there, and place you all the way in the front, yes, if you believe in blessings, and do things that bring blessing. Are you understanding what I'm saying? A second thing that brings blessings to people, Proverbs chapter 28, verse 20. Proverbs chapter 28 and verse 20. It says, a faithful man shall abound with blessings. Can you see that? Yeah. A faithful man shall abound with blessings. Huh? So one day somebody was saying that you these lighthouse people, every day you get up loyalty, 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 loyalty. And I was explaining to the person that you don't understand it. Perhaps that's why God has blessed our church so much. Because when you learn the art of faithfulness, you learn naturally how to receive blessing. If you can be called a faithful person, God has promised that you won't have one or two blessings. He says you will abound with blessings. Yeah, you will, you will abound with blessings. If you learn how to be a faithful person, how to be a loyal person, how to be faithful, faithful, 
Faithful means you don't change. Faithful doesn't mean that nothing bad happened. Faithful means that you stayed the same in spite of what happened. Do you understand? Yeah. Are you getting what I'm saying? Faithful doesn't mean no one stepped on your legs or on your feet. No one offended you. Nothing hurt you in the church. That's not faithful. Do you understand? Yeah, how can you say it's a strong chair? No one ever sat on it. How do you know it's a strong chair? Huh? When someone... To, let me, where, see this fancy handbag. Yeah. All right. If you heard her talking about her handbag, are you with me? Yes. Everybody? Yes. If you heard Lady Pastor Emma talking about her handbag, and she says, This is my favorite handbag. And you ask her why. She says, It's a very strong bag. <laughs> Do you understand? She says, It's a very strong bag. Then you say, huh? Then she says, yeah, today is the first time I'm using it. You are not even convinced. Why do you say it's a strong bag? But when you say this is a strong bag, you mean that it has been to places, it has seen rain, has seen the sun, even as I'm holding it, I'm tired. <laughs> I don't know what is in your bag. <laughs> hey! Yeah. Hold it and see. Wow. <laughs> I tell you, they can, t- they can take you off a plane because of this bag. <laughs> what I'm saying. Yes. There's a padlock in it. <laughs> in fact, there are more strong bags. Oh, it's like a suitcase. <laughs> are you listening to my message tonight? I am telling you that you can never claim, claim that something is strong if it has not been tested. And similarly, you cannot make a claim to faithfulness if you haven't been tested. You see what I'm saying? You, you cannot claim to be faithful if you haven't had a chance to be unfaithful. Amen. Yeah. So you see, many times you hear people say, I was a faithful member of the church until this and that and that and that happened. No, that's not, that's not, no. No, it never even started. You were never, you, how can you say that? You say, I was a faithful member of the church until this happened. There's nothing like that. 
actually your faithfulness was going to start when that thing happened. Do, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Because otherwise you say, oh, it was a very strong tail until I sat on it. No, that's not true. Or you say that her bag, it was a very strong bag until she took it out. It was very strong. In fact, if she had never used it, it would have been very strong. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. That is why the Bible says, when we meet the Lord, one of the things the Lord is going to tell us is, well done. Then he says, good and faithful. Think about it. The la- have, you, have you said well done to somebody before? Who has said well done to someone before? Yeah. Do you realize that anytime you said something like well done to someone, it wasn't because they drank water? <laughs> you see? Yeah. That we don't say well done to people for doing nothing or for doing easy things. Anytime you said well done to someone means they had been through something. They had survived something. Yeah, they had endured something. They had come through something that was supposed to be able to stop them and it didn't stop them. Do you understand? Yeah. Something that was supposed to displace them and it didn't displace them. Yeah. That's when you said to someone, well done. Sometimes even when you live far away, like Pastor Bright, and somebody comes to visit you, you say to the person, well done. Yeah. Because you, you, know, you know that where the place is, it's not easy. Yeah. That's when you say that to the person, well done. Yeah. Not... I'm sitting next to you, my cell phone is ringing, and you hear it, and you tell me your phone is ringing. (laughs) Then I turn to you and say, oh, well done. (laughs) Huh? Well done for that, for showing me that my point, you are not the one who made it ring. (laughs) Hallelujah. Are you getting what I'm saying? So when you are in a church, for example, there are so many little things that happen in a church. Many things that can make you offended. Many things that can upset you. Many things that can hurt you. All those things are a chance for you to prove that you are faithful. If you don't have those things, you cannot make a claim to faithfulness. How do you know you are faithful? When you haven't had a chance to prove that you are faithful. Are you getting what I'm saying? How do you claim to be loyal when you haven't had a chance to be offended? Something must offend you in the church. Yeah, something must offend you in the church. If nothing has offended you yet, I'm sorry, but you cannot be included in the faithful members. No, you cannot be included. We cannot count you among the faithful members. Yeah. 
Somebody has to rebuke you and you're still around. Yeah? Your pastor has to rebuke you. Your pastor says something you don't like. Your pastor preaches something you don't like. Your pastor preaches and you think he's talking about you. Yeah? 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 And that's even how you know you're in the right church. When the preaching is about you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, because, because preaching is supposed to be God speaking to us. So if you went to a church and God spoke about you, then it means God was expecting you there. Do you understand? Yeah, so that is what is, you see, but for some people, that's what makes them leave. But rather, that's what must make you stay. Because that's how you know that ah, God was expecting me here. Because, you know, if I, plant, if I plant a little flower in front of my house and it's time to water it, I won't go to the back of my house to go and find my plant. When it's time to water my plant, I'll take the water to where I planted it, which is the front of the house. So if you came here and your message came here, it means God is expecting you to be here. That's why he put a message here for you. Why do you want to hear a message that's not about you? You tell me. Why do you want to hear a message that's not about you? Why do you want a message that's not yours? Why do you want, why do you want your mailman to deliver your next door neighbor's letters to you? Huh? If your mailman was in every day you check the mail, the mailman has brought the next door neighbor's letters to you. Would you be happy? Why not? Huh? It's not yours. Yes. You feel that look, the mailman, if he has come, then he should bring letters that have my name on it. My name must be on the letter. If he's coming to this house, if he's not bringing anything with my name, he shouldn't come. Yeah, that's, that's the same. Your pastor, he's a messenger. He's a mailman who is carrying messages. Do you understand? Yeah, that's, that's what he is. Yeah. So your attitude, your attitude ought to be that, look, if, if he doesn't have something with my name on it, then he shouldn't even come. That's the when you are coming to church. When you are, listen, listen, listen. Hey, I'm preaching, not you. <laughs> your attitude must be when you are coming to church. You pray, oh God, I beg you, please today, my mail, my mail, something for me. Yeah. So when you come to church, you're rather even expecting that something about you is coming. Then the pastor starts preaching. Then he starts to talk about people who are living with people they are not married to. Yes. Yeah. Instead of making a face and saying, this is my last time. 
supposed to just receive it and say, Lord, help me. See, you, you see, even the fact that the fact that God, the fact that God cares to talk about it means you are this close to help for it. Do you understand? It means you are you are very close to being helped. Yeah. It means you are very close to being helped. And God is gracious. I said God is gracious. You people must believe in God's graciousness. Do you understand? When, when you say someone is gracious, it means the person is, um, why don't you give, tell us from the dictionary what gracious means. Those of you who have these fancy devices, yeah, who bring dictionary to church, there. Gracious. What does it mean? He's what? He's pleasantly kind. Benevolent. Merciful. Courteous. Very polite. Very kind. Compassionate. Affable. Yeah. Some of the words are making it even harder to understand. But I think you get the world to which the word gracious belongs. Do you understand? God is gracious. Everybody say God is gracious. God is gracious. Say God is gracious. God, is gracious. God will be gracious to me. God will be gracious to yes. me. God is gracious. God will be gracious to you. Amen. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Yeah. The Bible says whoever hides his sins will not prosper. You, you will not prosper. When it's there and you pretend it's not there. You will not prosper. It means your prosperity is hindered by the hiding of your sins. By the pretending it's not there when it's there. But he says, whoso confesses and forsakes them shall obtain mercy. So if there's mercy waiting for you, why are you hoarding your sin? Why are you depriving yourself of prosperity by hiding your sin? When all that is waiting for you when you confess, confess means admit. It's to say it's me. Yeah, it should be that when your pastor is preaching, rather people are saying, it's me, it's me, it's me, this is me. Whether you say it aloud or say it quietly or say it in your head, whatever, at least you are saying that this is me, this is me, pastor, this is me. Yeah, don't stop, this is me. It's my mail, yeah, give it to me, yeah. Hallelujah. Every time your mailman comes, he has us, Mr. Something, Mr. Something, Mr. This, Mr. What's his name? Mr. Poinsett. You see? <laughs> Mr. Poinsett. She has been getting Mr. Poinsett's mail. Yes. And sometimes you see, you see the disappointment that, especially those of you who have to walk to a mailbox to go and get your mail. When you walk, sometimes you walk in the rain. At night, it's cold, and you walk outside, and then you go and open the mailbox, and when you look at it, Mr. Poinsett, Mr. Poinsett, Mr. Poinsett. Nothing for you. No, 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 no. Amen. Amen. Expect God to speak to you Amen. in this church Amen. through your pastor. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And when God speaks to you, you must receive it. 
and say amen. Amen. Yes. So amen means let it be so. Yeah. And when you read the scriptures, you will see that especially when you read the book of Deuteronomy and they are speaking, you see some of the places where it says, let all the people say amen. It's not even to something good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was telling them, if you don't do this and don't do this and don't do that, then a stranger is going to do this and you do this and do this. They said, let all the people say amen. Yes, and they are supposed to. What he's saying is that even when the preaching is against you, you must agree. Yes, you must agree. You must say, I agree. What you are saying, I know that it applies to me. I know I'm not the one doing this thing, but I agree. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Listen, if you even continue to live in fornication, every time they preach about fornication, agree that it's wrong. Do you follow what I'm saying? Yes. Agree. Agree that it is wrong. Yeah. Every time you come to church, your pastor is preaching, your pastor mentions people who are on drugs, people who drink alcohol. Yeah. Yeah, agree. You agree. Listen, when you are doing something wrong, agree that it is wrong. You just agree. 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 You start from that point. Yeah. By agreeing, your deliverance is going to begin. Yes. Yes. Because God delivers people from their enemies, not their friends. So, when you are doing something, you are addicted to alcohol and you cover it and you defend it, you are making it your friend. God does not deliver people from their friends. He delivers people from their enemies. Do you understand? Yeah. God will set you free from the thing that is upsetting you, that is in your life, that you are doing, but you, you cannot get yourself free from it, but you know it's wrong. Do you understand? And you agree it is wrong. And you hate it, even if you are still doing it. Yeah. If you hate it and are still doing it, you should know that that thing, its days are numbered. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Some of you come, you come to church you still smoke all sorts of things. Don't worry. Don't worry about it. You just keep coming. See, sometimes the devil tells you, stop going. Just stop going. See, all the people there, they don't smoke these things. <laughs> yeah. See, all the people there, they are holy. You get, you are actually contaminating the church. <laughs> you see, every time you put on your clothes to go to the church, then he's come to follow you and he says, you see, it is people like you that spoil the church. It's you. You see, you, you get out of your apartment and you are walking to catch a cab or the train to come to church and he's following you all the way down the train. Say, you see, this is what I'm saying. It is losers like you that spoil the church. You're the ones giving the church a bad name. Listen. Don't let anything stop you Amen. from coming to the church. 
Are you hearing what I'm saying? Don't let, you know, it is like the devil telling someone who is going to the hospital. Someone is sick, a person is going to the hospital and says, you see, it's losers like you that give the hospital a bad name. Who is supposed to go to the hospital? Yeah, yeah. So you tell, that's what you're supposed to tell him. That it is losers like me that need the hospital. Yeah, yeah. It is, it is people like me. It was that, you see, the church was put there for people like me. Me, me. And I'm going to go. And you just keep coming. Just keep coming. Just keep coming. Just keep coming. You see, sometimes when you have a problem that has or keeps recurring, you need a solution that keeps recurring. Do you understand? Every time the problem occurs, the solution occurs. The problem occurs, the solution occurs. Until the problem occurs and the solution occurs with greater strength than the problem. And that goes away. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Yes. So don't let anything stop you from coming to church. Continue to come. Continue to come. Listen to the preaching. You'll be hearing voices talking to you. This, this, you are such a bad person. Why do you do this? Say, Lifting holy hands. Then he says, you? Put those hands down, please. Yeah. The demons come to you and say, singing, do yourself a favor. Can you skip that part of the song, please? Here we are lifting holy hands to you. Please. <laughs> Lift them up. Anyway, Amen. you understand, yeah. When you when you lift your hands up, and the devil says those hands are not holy, you have to quote a different scripture. And you said David also said, "Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless His holy name." Yeah, yeah. That is it. Are you understanding what I'm saying? So faithfulness will make you abound with blessings. We're trying to do things that will increase our blessings. Hallelujah. And if you pay your tithe every single time, this Sunday you'll be adding one more blessing. Last Sunday, last Sunday you added one more blessing. This Sunday another one is coming. Yes. And just keep doing it. Just keep doing it. And you will see that you have blessings in your life. So many of them that they just offset the curses. Hallelujah. And then faithfulness is the second one. Hallelujah. Faithfulness is the second one that brings many blessings. Then the third one that brings blessings is when you live for Others. Others. 
living for others and being mindful of others will bring blessings into your life. Hallelujah. Yeah. People who think about others. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 4. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 4. It says, look not every man on his own things. Huh? But every man also on the things of others. Did you see that? Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Everybody say others. Say others. Say others. Say not me. Others. Hallelujah. It says, look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Then read on, look at it. It says, let this mind be in you. You see, look at it. It says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Do you think Jesus was a blessed person? Yeah? See, see now, the Bible is showing us the mentality with which Jesus lived. You see, and it says, let this mind be in you. And this was the mind that Christ has. When it says, let this mind be in you, means it depends on you. Yeah, because if I put my iPad here, I say, let this iPad sit on your lap. It means you can throw it away. That is why I'm asking that please allow this iPad to be on you. Do you understand? So it says, let this mind be in you. Allow this thinking to be in you. Which was also in Christ Jesus. Jesus was thinking about others. You see, and the Bible just describes it. Look at the next verse, verse 6. It says, who being in the form of God, he says, even though he was in the form of God, he thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Do you understand? To be equal with God was not robbery. I mean, it's like, that that is what it is. It's not like I'm trying to take something that does not belong to me. This is another way of saying that he was not a small person. Do you understand? Yes. Then the next one, verse 7. But, but he made himself of no reputation. He said, it doesn't matter. Nobody should even refer to me as God or anything. He made himself of no reputation. And then he took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. Hallelujah. Are you understanding what I'm saying? He said, let this mind, you have to have this mentality. Let this mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus. That is not every time that you insist on being treated like who you really are. 
Do you understand? Yeah. You don't always insist on what you deserve. You don't always fight for what you deserve. Yes. Because sometimes you're even wrong. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. But Jesus Christ, he made himself in the likeness of men. Then the next verse, verse 8. And being found in fashion as a man. That means being found in fashion as a man means being found in style as a man. That means he was living man style. Do you understand? Living like a man, right? Being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. You watch this. Start from the beginning. No, go back. Go back. Go back to verse 4. Okay. 4. Look not every man to his own things. Verse 5. Right? Verse 6. Who being in the form of God. This is the highest point of the verse. Where, I mean, when talking about Jesus Christ, being in the form of God is showing you the height where he's coming from. From that point on, see how the verse just take him down, 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 down. So he says, he thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Then verse 7. But he made himself of no reputation. So now he's less than God, isn't it? Then he took on the form of a servant. He has dropped feather. Can you see that? And was made in the likeness of men. The thing is going down. Huh? And then verse 8. And being found as in fashion. as That means at the man level also. He humbled himself. Because you see, even at the man level. Not everybody is humble. Do you get it? So a, a humble version of the man. So at the man level. He dropped again. And then he became obedient. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Do you understand? Then, you see, people are obedient, but not to death. Hey. Is it not true? Yeah. Most people, if, even if they'll be obedient, not, not when it involves dying. <laughs> Me, I should obey you and die. <laughs> yeah. Many wives love their husbands. Yes. But not when now I'm obeying you and you're just. <laughs> one day, one lady told her husband, You, if I follow you, <laughs> I'll walk around naked. <laughs> she was announcing to him that <laughs> my obedience has ended. <laughs> It's like this is how far we go in obedience. It's finished. Yeah. People obey, but up to a point. As long as it's not taken away from you, it's not costing you anything, it's not causing you pain, and so on, I'll obey. Now, this Jesus Christ, he said he became obedient unto death. That's another level. Then even within death, you see, because there are also types of death. Do you understand? Yeah. When you are crucified on the cross, you remember, that, you see, it was not for nothing 
that Jesus was crucified with company. It was to tell us the sort of people <laughs> who die that type of death. Do you understand? So can you imagine if you met someone, because three people died on that day on a cross. Two of them were thieves. So majority of the people who died on that day were thieves, isn't it? So you met someone coming down from the, the, uh, the place, the Golgotha place, and you ask the person, what's going on there? Oh, they're crucifying some thieves. Is he wrong? Because majority of the people who were crucified were thieves. So even the death on the cross. So Jesus could have died a more. That's right. Yeah. Sometimes you hear that somebody has died. Then you say, oh. Then you hear also that they've caught some armed robbers over there and they've killed them. You don't say, oh. But it's also death. <laughs> There's a part of you that's thinking it serves them right. If I had a chance, I'll, if I had a chance, I'll resurrect them and kill them again myself. Yeah. So even in death, there are levels. So you see the man coming from, he started from God. Now he's coming down, 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 down until he hits rock bottom. This is the death on the cross. You can't be more humiliated than this. Do you understand? Remember I said, let this mind be in you. <laughs> he's uh, trying to explain something to you, <laughs> right? So look at verse 9. He says in verse 9, go to verse 9. He says, wherefore? Now, so the thing has hit rock bottom. So if you were drawing a graph of this verse, you would start from the top and come all the way, and now we've hit the bottom. Do you understand? Now, from this point, the graph is starting to rise. It says, wherefore, God also has highly exalted him. You see, he's starting to rise. And has given him a name which is above every name. Do you understand? And verse 10, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. It says, to start with, when we mention the name of Jesus, if you have a knee, you got to bow. I mean, every knee should bow. See, this is the reason why the name of Jesus takes away demons. This is the reason why the name of Jesus drives away diseases. This is the reason why the name of Jesus saves people from their sins. It's not from nothing. <laughs> Do you understand? That at the mention of the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Then he says, of the things in the heaven, of the things in the earth, and of the things under the earth. You have to believe in the name of Jesus. Because it's a name that has power in the heavens, in the earth, and under the earth. Yeah. How many names do you know that have influence under the earth, in the earth, and in the heavens? 
Yeah. You see, and he says, and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Yeah. Hallelujah. Do you understand it? Yeah. Now, why did Jesus do all these things? He did them for others. Because Jesus didn't have a problem. He was in heaven. He was okay. But he left the heaven and came to the earth for us. Do you understand? For others. He came to the earth for others. One of the things God has blessed is when you do something that benefits another person. No, seriously. Do you realize that all employment, all income, all income, do you know what income is? Income means it's coming in, isn't it? Nobody earns an income, means nothing comes in to anyone without them doing something for others. Think about it. You just wait. Don't even clap. You just think about it. Do you know anybody who earned an income from doing something for himself? One of the, one of the, one of the, one of the, <laughs> listen, listen, one, one, one of the biggest, biggest lies in the world is when you hear someone says, I'm self-employed. <laughs> I work for myself. It's not true. You know, the true definition of working for yourself is you're a nurse. Then you go to your, cons- your consulting room. Then you get your temperature thing and you take your own temperature. <laughs> and and you, re- re- you record it. Then you sit down for a while. Then you get up. You get it. Then you take some of the injection and then you just put it on yourself. And then you, you relax. We are talking about true self-employment. Self-employment. That is the true definition of self-employment. Yeah. Yeah. Self-employed means you sell food. You cook it. You arrange it. You set it up. Then you take a chair and you sit down. Then you eat all of it. Self-employed. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know anybody who has earned an income? Think about it. The word is income. That means the things that come into you are controlled by what you do for others. Yeah. That is what the whole employment, anybody says I got a job. That's what they mean. It means I'm doing stuff for others. And for doing something for any time you do something for others, you even become legally entitled to an income. Yeah. And rather, what makes us poor is our expenses. Do you understand? Which comes from what others do for us. Do, do you see? 
your expenses come from what others do for you. And the more others do things for you, the poorer you become. Yeah. 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 Your expenses multiply when you have people doing more things for you. So you see, when you see someone who has decided to cut their expenses, usually they are doing some of the things others do for them. They've decided to do it themselves. Yeah. They, they decided that I won't let anybody do it for me. <laughs> yes. I won't let anybody do it for me. Yeah. Look, you cannot live and be truly blessed living a life where you don't do anything for anybody. You just live for you. Do you understand? All that matters is you. Your life is from you to you. Yeah. You don't do anything for anyone. You don't think about anybody, especially when you're okay. Yeah. Most people who feel they're okay don't want to think about anybody else. But you see that the more people do things for you, the poorer you get. Yes. And the richer they become. Yeah. I said, next time you go to work, tomorrow when you go to work, is there any nurse here? Who's a nurse? Yeah. See, all these nurses, great. When you go to work tomorrow, just shut the door. Get a chair, sit down, get a stethoscope, put it in your ears, and place it on your chest. Listen to your heartbeat and bop to it. <laughs> and enjoy it. <laughs> then after a while, you get the thing for the temperature, and then you pump it. And you listen to your own blood pressure and you take your own blood pressure readings and you write it. Yeah. Then you wait a little bit. Then you get a big needle <laughs> and syringe. You get some injection and just boom. Yes. For yourself. Yeah. Because it's self-employment. <laughs> yeah. Look, any time you are able to, you see, listen. <laughs> Why, what I'm saying is not true. <laughs> listen. Do you realize that, do you realize, do you realize that an over-obsession with yourself Sometimes people lose their job because they call off sick too much. Yeah. You, every day you are sick. But do you, know, do you know that someone who is sick, who is able to ignore their sickness and get out of their house to go and do something for someone, they get a paycheck that helps them take care of that sickness. What am I saying? I'm saying that if you can forget about your own problems, do you understand? And pretend you don't have a problem. And go out of your way 
to go and help someone else solve their problem as though you have no problem. You receive a blessing that comes to make your own problem vanish. Yeah. Bishop was sharing with us about others at the camp. I want you to go get the message and listen to it and think about others. But he talks about Moses. Moses. Do you know that the Bible says that Moses, Moses was living as uh, Pharaoh's daughter's son, so grandson. So he must have been okay. What do you think? Didn't have problems. But the Bible says in Exodus 2 and 11, Exodus 2, 11, it says, and it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown, that he went out unto his brethren and looked on their burdens. And he did what? No, before that it says, and he looked on their burdens. He went to, he went out unto his brethren and he looked on their burdens. When he didn't have a problem. He didn't have, this is the mind that Jesus Christ had. Remember, it said, let this mind be in you. With Jesus Christ, even though he was God. Being God means a lot of things. It means you don't have a problem. <laughs> but he left his place and went to the people who had problems. That's why he says, for this reason, it is for, for what reason? For the fact that he left his place to come and look at people, other people who had problems he didn't have. He says, this is the reason why God has exalted him and lifted him and given him a name that is above. That means promotion actually comes from when you leave your own issues and you start to go to other people, that people you don't need to go to. That's when your promotion actually begins. But that's exactly what we don't do. That's what we don't want to do. The world is dying. They are looking for people. He says, they, he looked on their burdens. See, this is all, this is chapter 2, verse 11. So it's before the burning bush issue. This is what got Moses into trouble. He says, he spied an Egyptian smiting an Hebrew, one of his brethren. Huh? He spied it, and he looked this way and that way. And when he saw that there was no man, he slew the Egyptian. He said, no way. I'm going to help my brothers. This is how Moses got into trouble. So even before he ever got a call from God, and that must have been why God may have called him, because even before he saw a burning bush, Moses had a burden for other people. But think about this. Think about this. By the time Moses had the burden... You see, look at chapter 3, chapter 3, chapter 3 and verse 1. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God. Then, um, verse 2, and the angel of the Lord appeared to him and so on. And verse 3, and Moses said, I will now turn aside, verse 4. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called him out of the bush, right? Verse 5, and he said, draw not, um, draw not nigh hither. Verse 6, 
Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. Right? Verse 7. And the Lord said, I have seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt, and I have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. Okay? Verse 8. I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land unto a good land and a large, and so on and so forth. Verse 9. He said, now therefore, behold, the cry of Israel is come unto me. I have seen their oppression, wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. Verse 10, come now therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring them out. Now God is talking to someone as though he has no problems of his own. This Moses that God has met in the wilderness, what was he doing there? He was hiding because he had his own issues. Do you see what I'm saying? He had gone to kill someone and the people had chased him out of town and now he couldn't go back there. I have a feeling that that is why, look, look at verse 7. Verse 7, quickly. When God, oh, uh, no, verse 6. When God says, I am the God of Abraham and Isaac, the God of Jacob. Then Moses hid his face. I have a feeling that he felt that he had been caught. <laughs> when God said that, listen, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. Hey, it's like this God is <laughs> an old time. <laughs> I cannot hide. <laughs> then Moses hid his face for he was afraid. To look upon God. Maybe because of his own sins. And because of his own problems. But to his surprise. God's discussion was not about his own sins. I hear you. God's discussion was not about what he had done wrong. Do you realize in that whole conversation. God does not even mention that you know something. By the way that guy you killed. <laughs> Do you understand? It's, it's not a good idea. Do you understand? Yeah. You see, the reason why Moses may have been afraid of looking at God is the thing that God was not even going to talk about at all. Listen, this is good news for some of you. Because there is something that has become an issue between you and God. Even it's disrupting your relationship with God. You can't even go to God anymore. You wake up to pray and the thing is on your mind. And you are being constantly reminded of your own issues and your own failures and your own sins. And because of that, your relationship with God cannot even progress. But I came to tell you tonight that God has more things he wants to do with you than what you are doing wrong. Are you following what I'm saying? Yeah. You go home and read this chapter and you're going to see there is no mention, there's no discussion. God is not talking about any of the killings. And He said, listen, there's something higher than your problems. Others, the people are being oppressed. That is more important than what you are doing wrong. God says, come, come, let me send you. And guess where he's sending him? 
Where? What the job? Listen, the job he's asking him to do is going to give him victory over because he's going to the person who would have put him in jail is the one he's going to talk to to say, let God's people go. Wow. Yeah. Even Pharaoh would, Moses was just wondering, what if Pharaoh says, <laughs> before we talk about the people, let's talk about you. <laughs> but God says, it's not an issue. When God has forgiven, when God says it's not an issue, it's not an issue. It's not an issue. It's not an issue. So you had an abortion. So what? It's not an issue. It's not an issue. God rather wants to use you to stop those who are doing abortions. The ones that he said, he said, look at verse 9, verse 9. Come now, let me send you. He said, now therefore behold, the children, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me. I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppress the people. Oh. That, that is getting to me more than your abortion that you committed. Come now. Let me send you. Let's talk about others. You know, last, last night we were going home and then we saw this sign on the wall. I even took a photograph of it. It said divorce, $3.99. Yeah. $3.99. Then it, then it said no signature. No, signature of Signature of spouse not required and not is spelled in block letters and underlined. Yeah. This is what is going on in the world. God says, I've seen the oppression of my people. Come now, let me send you. Come now, let me send you. When you read the story, this is the lowest moment of Moses' life. From this point on, as he responds to God, he starts to rise. He starts to be a big man. He starts to be a leader. He starts to be an important person. He says, come now. Let me send you. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you tonight? Yes. And it is this same problem. When Moses accepted to do this, then eventually, when you fast forward the story, the people of Israel come to follow him and they go and Moses brings them to the Red Sea. Then they see the Egyptians coming after them. Then Moses tells them, you people turn around, take your last photographs of these people. Moses tells them that these Egyptians you see today, you never see them again. Do you understand? But as Moses is talking about that, you know, do you know that the Egyptians, they wanted him to? <laughs> because he had his own issues with them. <laughs> do you see? So what he was saying is that the deliverance that is coming is coming for all of us. I am also benefiting from this. I'm also free. As the Egyptians are coming, you and I, we will not see them anymore after this. And as Moses went to pull the Egypt, Israel out of Egypt, and those Egyptians came to be drowned, of course, then there is also nobody to accuse him. His own freedom is secured in the freedom that he brings to other people. Are you getting what I'm saying? 
Yeah. So I know that you may have your own drinking problem, but let's put that aside for now. Let's go and deliver the other people who are drinking. All you have to do is agree that drinking is not the right thing to do. But if you haven't stopped, don't worry. Let's go. Because by the time we deliver the other people from the hands of alcohol, you will find out that the spirit that makes them drink has no power over you yourself. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm telling you. The key to your deliverance lies in what you do for others. Yes. Yesterday I was sharing with you Luke chapter 16 and verse 12. Luke chapter 16. Are you ready to go home? No. Sh- should I just finish? Can I? Okay, let me just finish. Okay. Remember, I'm supposed to be here for three days. So I, uh, I'm, I owe you one day preaching. So I'm adding. Okay. Listen, listen. Luke chapter 16 and verse 12. It says, if you have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? Which means it is the giving to that which is another man's that actually releases that which is your own. Which means that which is your own actually depends on what you do for others. So this life of focusing on yourself and allowing your own problems and allowing your own education, allowing your own exams, allowing your own children, your own marriage, your own job, everything about you making you unable to do anything for anyone is actually what is keeping you down. That's what is keeping you down. That's what is making you poor. That's what is making you not have anything. But if you will be faithful with that which is another man's, yours will also be released. Amen. Yeah. Somebody's deliverance is in your hands. Someone's salvation is in your hands. Yeah. Someone's marital happiness is in your hands. But you are telling yourself, I mean, I have my own problems in my house. You go and see this monster in my house. I don't have time to go and talk to anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. You say because you have a monster in your house. No visitation. You will not join anything in the church. You will not do anything because God hasn't done anything for you. Yeah. That the first, the, to you, the starting point is that God must deliver me from that monster in the house. But God is saying tonight, forget about that monster. He's not, you forget about that monster. Get up and go and get rid of the monster in somebody's house. Yeah. When you start to help someone overcome their monster, you'll be surprised that you'll come home and your monster has left. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Yes. This is the way forward for you. Others. 
others, it will bring such a blessing on your life. It will bring such a blessing on your life. It will release such a blessing on your life. Oh. As I have lived my life for others, sometimes I've wondered how, like my children, I'm not around much. I'm not around them much. But sometimes I just wonder, who is raising these people? Where do they learn all these things from? It looks like God is taking care of these people for me. Amen. Yeah. And God will do the same. Yes. If you think that everything is about your little baby that you have had, your little chico that you have given back to. Yeah. And the whole world, your whole world now revolves around this chico. You're rather setting yourself up for a broken heart. Yes. Because you will find out after you spend years and years and years and so much money just looking after Chico. (laughs) Chico becomes something in your hand that you cannot even control. Yeah. Cannot even control. One day I met a brother. He's now... He's, you know, preaching in some place. And he was telling me the story of his life. He said he was a gangster in Miami. Yeah. He said he went to jail so many times. And then his father bailed him all the time. So one day his father told him that, you know, I've written my will. I didn't give you anything. Because everything I have to give to you is... All the bill, the bill. <laughs> yes. He said, the bill money that I've used to bail you, that's, that's your inheritance. <laughs> yeah. Because the father couldn't do anything. Jesus Christ is the one who has been able to arrest the guy. You should see him. He's tattooed everywhere. I mean, anywhere that a tattoo can go, it's just he has it. What the law couldn't do, what his father couldn't do, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Amen. So I want to encourage you people in this church tonight. Let's become focused on others. Forget about yourself. Yeah, forget about yourself. Let's think about others. Think about what you can do for others. And just remember, every time you're able to forget about yourself, even in the natural, every time you're able to forget about yourself and do something for someone, you get an income. Just, you just remember that. Every time you're able to forget about yourself, even you are sleepy, but you get up and go, you get an income. Yeah. Even you have a headache, you get up and go, you get an income. You have a lot of things to do in your house, but you skip them and you still go to work. You get an income. Every time you're able to say, I won't do it for myself, I'll do it for someone else, you always come home with something. That's in the natural. From the natural, you can understand what the spiritual is. That every time
time you are able to wipe your tears and go wipe somebody else's tears. You, if you like, go to that person's place, even with the tears in your eyes, but go wipe their tears. You come with an income. You come with something. Yes. It is true that your children are all over the place. You don't have any control. You, they have broken your heart and everything. Go and encourage somebody else about their children. Yeah. You, you pretend that your children issue is not there. Just go and encourage somebody else. You will come home with something. I said you will come home with something. You will come home with something. It. Just let's pass a bright. If like, let's just start from tonight. Every week, every day, let's all join the labor force in the church. Yeah, let's all join the workforce in the church. Let's all hit the streets. Let's all go on visitation. Let's all go look for the lost ones. Let's all go look for people who used to come who don't come anymore. Let's all go and find and do things for people. Yeah. You start to feel happy when you start doing something for people. Yes. You start to feel happy when you start doing something for people. Let's start going out there. Let's go look for the homeless. Let's look for the people on drugs. It's true you don't know how you're going to pay your rent this month. But let's go find the homeless anyway. Yeah. Let's go find the homeless anyway. And you will be surprised. That in looking for and doing things for others, you are going to find your own healing. You're going to find your own deliverance. You're going to find your own provision because of what you did for others. Hallelujah. So three things I'm leaving with you tonight. Number one, tithing. Number two, faithfulness. Loyalty. Do you understand? Yeah. Number three is what? Others. Hallelujah. Yeah. And you multiply the blessings. You multiply the blessings. You multiply the blessings upon your life. In Jesus' name. Stand to your feet and let's pray tonight. Yeah. Just bow your heads. We're just going to close. We're going to close tonight, but just, I want you to pray. It says, and if ye have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? Who shall give you that which is your own? Who shall give you that which is your own? Hello? Just open your eyes for a second. Just listen. Listen. Who shall give you that which is your own? Who shall give you that which is your own? Who shall give you that which is your own? That verse means that 
there are some things that belong to you. But if they have to be given to you, then it means it's not with you. Isn't it? It means also then that just because it's not with you doesn't mean it's not your own. Do you understand? There are some things which are your own. There are some things which are your own. There are some things, they are your own. Some of the things you are looking for, you are not just dreaming. It is yours. It belongs to you. It is yours. You are supposed to have it. Yeah. Only that it has to be given to you. It means someone else has control over it. But the Bible says, if you are faithful with that which is another man's, if you are faithful with that which belongs to others, something that belongs, because someone's joy also is with you. Someone's peace is with you. And if you are willing to go out and release what belongs to another person, God says that which is your own will come to you. So the key, the key to coming, the key to having that which is your own is not in going after it. It's in going after that which is another man's. Your own will come to you when you go after that which is another man's. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you understanding the scripture tonight? That's where I want your heart to be tonight. So in the prayer we're about to pray, I want you to ask God, Lord, show me the things I can do for others. I, 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 I forget about me. Just say, Lord, forget about me. I, I'm not asking for anything anymore. Right now, I want you to use me to do things for others. I want you to use me to do things for others. I want to sing for others. I want to pray for others. I have no, don't, I don't have anything to pray about anymore, Lord. I just want to pray for others. Nothing about me anymore. Just others. I want to pray for others. I want to counsel others. I want to lead others. I want to teach others. I want to invite others to church. I want to show others Christ. That's what I want my life to be about. Others. Not about me anymore. Starting tonight. Bow your heads, everybody, and start praying. Yes. Just pray, everybody, and say, Lord, please. Others. Others. Jesus, I Others. You. I will go to the ends of the earth. Oh, Jesus. To the ends of the earth. For you alone are the Son of God. Just pray. Everybody lift up your voice and say, it's about others tonight. Jesus. Jesus, I believe in you and I will go 
to the ends of the earth, to the ends of the earth, for you, alone and the Son of God, and all the earth will sing, you are God, you Jesus. Pray, just pray about me and just say, Lord, just use me. Just use me. Use me to reach others. To the ends of the earth. Yes. To the ends of the earth. I know I have problems, Lord. But I want you to use me for others. Just 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 use me for others. Makaboro wale me malama shatara malama baya. Makamolo mo shatara malama 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 shatara malama baya. Malama malama shaka malama shotori malama baya. E malama mosha malama malama shatari malama baya. Just pray, pray. Everybody, just pray. Just pray. Just pray. You just pray. Just pray. 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 Everybody, just pray. Pray and say, Lord, I want to be used. Oh God. Yes, Lord. You are. Malama shaka fala, malama shaka fala, baba. Malama shaka tari, malama pusiteri, baba. And I will give the world to tell your story. I'm so that you've called me And know that you've called me I lost my soul I Jesus, I believe in you. I will go to the end of the earth. To the end of the earth. You are God. Everybody just ask God to anoint you tonight. Just, just keep your hand on your head and just, God is going to anoint you tonight. The Holy Spirit is coming upon you tonight. 
Holy Spirit is coming upon you tonight. God is going to use you. 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 God is going to use you tonight. God is going to use you. It's true you have issues. There are issues. There are issues. There are things you are not proud of. It's true. But none of those is going to stop him. Let's leave those for the moment. Just offer yourself to the Lord. Just as you are. Just as you are tonight. Just as you are. Just as you are. Just as you are. Just as you are tonight. God is going to use you. Just as you are. Jesus. Thank you Lord. Receive the grace of God tonight. Receive it. Receive it. Receive the grace of God tonight. In the name of Jesus. 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 Yes. His grace is upon your life. Preachers are rising out of this congregation. Counselors, prayer warriors are rising out of this congregation tonight. The Spirit of the Lord is upon you tonight. It's upon you tonight. In the name of Jesus. You thought God couldn't use you. The Lord says tonight that I will use you just as you are. I will use you. I will use you. God is going to use you tonight. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Oh, yes. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. If you're prepared to forget about yourself and think about others, just raise your right hand where you are. Thank you, Jesus. And say, Lord, I'm going to forget about myself. And I want to think about others from now, from tonight. There are things you can do in spite of your problems, in spite of all the things that are behind you all the things and all the issues in your life there are things God can and will use you to do thank you Jesus Father thank you for all these hands that have gone up thank you you know each one of them 
There's no one here tonight that is beyond your reach. Lord, I pray that you will use them. Use them. Use them. Use them, Lord. Each one of them in the name of Jesus. Every single one of them, Lord. I pray that you will use them in the name of Jesus. Yes, touch her, Lord. Touch her, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your blessing tonight. In Jesus' name. And everybody says, Amen. Hallelujah. Wow. Are you blessed? One here this afternoon. Jesus Christ is not your savior. You have not given your life to Jesus. If you are here this afternoon, you want to give your life to Jesus. You say, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to receive Christ in my life. Maybe you come to church every Sunday, but you know deep in your heart that you are very far from Jesus. You are very far from God. If you were to die today, you are not even sure where you will go. If that is you, this afternoon, I'm giving you this great opportunity. Why don't you lift up your right hand with all eyes closed, every head bowed. You say, I feel very far from Jesus. I want to give my life to Christ. If that is your prayer, do not leave this place without giving your life to Christ. You may not have that opportunity again. You may not have that opportunity again. He said, be sure of your salvation. Be sure of your salvation. If that is your prayer, I want you to lift up your right hand wherever you are. Just lift up your right hand and I will say this short prayer with you. Anyone here like that? Anyone here like that? Lift up your right hand and I will say this short prayer with you. Father, we thank you for the gift of salvation. We thank you, Lord, for the sacrifice you made for us even whilst we were still sinners. Lord, you sacrifice. You lay down your life for us. We are grateful unto you. We thank you for your word that continues to light our path. We thank you, Lord Jesus. May you keep us, preserve us, deliver us from the wicked one. Deliver us from his subtlety. Deliver us from his lies. Deliver us from his deception. Deliver us from bad counseling in the name of Jesus. Deliver us from ungodly counsel. Deliver us from the counsel of the ungodly. Lord, may you keep us. May your word be a guide unto us. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We hope you have been blessed immensely by this message. Join us at 1734 Williamsbridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. For copies of this and other messages, contact us via email at lci.bronx at gmail.com